Welcome to the Michael Teo Football Show. My name is Miles, and the Browns defeat the Broncos with the run game. Without Kareem Hunt, without Nick Chubb. Story of the first half was they were putting up six yards a carry. Story of the second half was they closed the game out with a five-minute drive to, to wind the fourth quarter down, mostly on the ground. Browns were up, and then the Broncos had a, one good drive at the start of the third quarter, one good drive late in the fourth, both ending with Javante Williams' touchdowns, by the way. The rookie Bronco running back looking real good. Teddy Two Gloves, the most boring quarterback in the world. Wake me up when the Bridgewater game is over. But the story is definitely Dearnest Johnson, Browns' third-string running back on four of my five fantasy teams, feeling good this fine Thursday. I had been high on him, and I think a lot of people had, after the week four game last year against Dallas, and he just looked so good, sparked off the screen. But then he was just relegated to special teams so swiftly, so without question, (laughs) that it kind of made everybody forget about him. But he gets this another chance with both Hunt and Chubb sidelined, and wow, 22 carries for 146 yards, one touchdown. And like I said, most impressively was that five minute five minute and 12 second drive in the fourth to just wind the game down after the broncos had brought it within three 17 14 the browns got the ball never gave it up and and listen listen to the final drive just read it to you here dearness johnson for 20 yards run for six yards pass to landry for eight johnson for three johnson for seven johnson for three johnson for five (laughs) johnson seals the game with a nine yard run but there's a penalty so Johnson seals the game with an eight-yard run. Game over. Pretty good final drive. Huge win for the Browns. Important win. Go to four and three ahead of their Halloween matchup with the Steelers. Hoping to get back Conklin. I don't know the status of Baker Mayfield. Case Keenan was a quarterback today. As for the Broncos, not good. We all knew the 3-0 and start was... A mirage. We all knew Denver wasn't really 3-0 and uh, worthy. They played the three worst teams in the NFL, frankly. But uh, they dropped a 3-4 and four now. Four-game losing streak. And it's a brutal, just a bad look in the way that it has happened. First, they made Big Ben look good again. <laughs> then they lost to the Grudenless Raiders last week. And now they lost to the Bakerless, Chubless, Huntless, Beckhamless, Landryless, Browns, Conklinless. <laughs> it's a tough look for the Broncos right now. And Vic Fangio just got to think that he is on the hot seat right now. Great win for the Browns. Dearness Johnson, happy for him. Seems like a good guy. Muggleteal Football Show, episode 19. The show was just football everything. NFL history, legacy, the ups and downs of the season, sprinklings of fantasy football. Follow us at MUK underscore football at MUK underscore football on Twitter. Uh, Subscribe, share, review on Spotify, Apple, Anchor, wherever you get your podcasts. 
We have shows Monday after Monday Night Football and Thursday after Thursday Night Football. And I wanted to start the week seven episode with an acknowledgement that we are now one third of the way through the season and looking towards two thirds to go. 18 week season has one, one bright upside and that we have a quick, a actual demarcation point of thirds kind of cool for the next two thirds. The 2021 season is really going to come out in shape. So I want to talk about the top 10 legacies that are on the line and non-quarterback because we talk enough about quarterbacks on this team or on this podcast. So non-quarterback legacies on the line. I'm going to count them down 10 to one dishonorable mentioned to Larry Fitzgerald dishonorable because he's not playing. Larry Fitzgerald's legacy is on the line because the Cardinals are doing really good without him. They're six and zero without Larry Fitzgerald. They haven't been without him since 2003. <laughs> Larry Fitzgerald from 2004 to 2020 from Dennis Green and Matt Leinart, Ken Wisenhurt and Kurt Warner, Bruce Arians and Carson Palmer, all the way up to Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. Fitzgerald was the bright spot for Arizona, 17 seasons. It will be a blot on Larry Fitzgerald's legacy if the Cardinals win the Super Bowl after he leaves, the year after he leaves. Don't do it, Arizona. All right, top 10 legacies that have a chance to spring up in the rest of this 2021 season. Number 10, Emmanuel Sanders. Just an interesting career. Four years in Pittsburgh, went to a Super Bowl there. Four years in Denver, two of them with Peyton Manning, two of them without, went to a Super Bowl there. Then gets traded to San Francisco, goes to a Super Bowl there. Big part of that 2019 Super Bowl run. Then as an afterthought, he goes to New Orleans last year. Actually ends up being their leading receiver in Drew Brees' final year. And now he's on his fifth team in Buffalo and rising yet again. It's amazing how Emmanuel Sanders, maybe he's a second option, maybe he's a third option, but he's always there on these good teams. And now it's Buffalo. Now it's Josh Allen. Through it all, he's got 9,000 career receiving yards. Emmanuel Sanders making another playoff appearance this year will have legacy implications. It would set him apart to have appeared in four Super Bowls with four teams. Reminds me of Ed McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey's dad. Played for those Super Bowl Giants in the 90s, Super Bowl 49ers in the mid-90s, Super Bowl Broncos in the late 90s. Sanders is going for the Ed McCaffrey. Number nine, legacy. Alvin Kamara. Kamara with a chance to do what a lot of running backs don't do. Have a fifth good season. (laughs) 63 touchdowns in 65 games. And if he can sustain some success at considerable pace, too, uh, without Drew Brees. Kamara this year, with a good year, has a chance to pull himself out of a pack of fantasy superstars. Out of the Jamal Charles's, Todd Gurley, Arian Foster, Le'Veon Bell's. And into a, a more serious category of all-time running backs. Kamara's got that chance this year. Number eight and number seven. Dallas tackle Tyron Smith. Dallas guard Zach Martin. Talking offensive linemen. Legacies. But for six years, 2014 to 2019, Tyron Smith and Zach Martin, they anchored the best offensive line. The best offensive line that... that of the 2010s. They were both on the Hall of Fame all-decade team of the 2010s. Dallas was the the example you'd use when you talked about 
a good offensive line for like six years. But in 2019, we showed some wobble. They both kind of fell off a little bit. At least Tyron Smith did with injuries. In 2020, the wheels fell off. It was rough. Tyron Smith went out neck surgery. Martin had to move himself to tackle, then went out for the year as well. But now we're in 2021, and they're back. And they've both been great. Smith had an ankle injury, but we're on the bye, so we hope he's okay. But if they can continue and get this 2021 season in their belt, especially with some playoff success, then we start talking about this line a little bit differently. All decade members of the 2010s, and then two years after the 2010s, they're making a deep playoff run. Martin and Smith and this Cowboys offensive line has a chance to launch itself into the all-time offensive lines. Number six, Chiefs tight end, Travis Kelsey. Legacy implications. Five 1,000-yard seasons in a row. Can he get to six? It's interesting. Do you know how many tight ends have five 1,000-yard seasons? None. Not Tony Gonzalez, not Jason Witten, not Antonio Gates, not Rob Gronkowski. Gonzalez, Gronk, and Witten have four. Not four in a row, four total. Kelsey's got five in a row, and he's going on six. Plus the deep playoff runs and deep playoff success of 2018, 2019, 2020. There's something really here for Kelsey to take a step up into that Hall of Fame consideration. I think he's there, but he's got a, a you know, there's levels of the Hall of Fame, right? And <laughs> another, a six year in a row, another deep playoff run. Kelsey's starting to, starting to push that, uh, that, that, that Gronk factor, to be honest, one of the best tight ends of all time. He's right on that precipice. So it's interesting to watch Kelsey right now. Number five and number four, we're going to go to Tampa Bay and we are going to talk about tight end Rob Gronkowski and wide receiver Antonio Brown. The two Tampa Brady Buccaneers really do feel like they've been resurrected (laughs) in January, 2020. Both Rob Gronkowski and Antonio Brown, it felt like their careers were over. And now they're midway through a second season, just a a renaissance, a resurgence for both of them. And Gronk is moving up the all-time touchdown boards, up to 91. And he's saving for the playoffs. I mean, he's only got 100. He needs only 150 passing yards, receiving yards in the playoffs, and he'll be second to only Jerry Rice. And he's a tight end. (laughs) Antonio Brown, meanwhile, is doing what we always thought he was going to do. He's moving up. He needs 600 more yards, and he will be right on the top 20 all-time yardage uh, career receiving yards, up to about 13,000, right on the footstep of Steve Largent, Andre Reid, Torrey Holt. I think we all always thought Antonio Brown would make this run that we would see him in his 30s make the run up the career leaderboards, but then he derailed. He missed all 2019, got fired from the Raiders, didn't get signed in 2020, came back mid-season. Well, he's back, and this is happening. Both Gronk and Brown moving up those all-time career leaderboards. Number three, Cardinals defensive end, J.J. Watt. Trying to do the Reggie White talked about this in the preview episode but jj watt is the same age as reggie white who made his name and honestly was already a hall of famer with the eagles and then white got traded to green bay had continued success in his 30s and won a super bowl 
if J.J. Watt can do multiple years with Arizona and win a Super Bowl, it will be literally the same career as Reggie White, except for Watt has three defensive players of the years. J.J. Watt has a chance at being our generation's Reggie White. And he's already, he's already there, but he's had a chance of literally being, like literally doing the same thing. Very interesting. Number two, legacies for 2021, Derrick Henry. I mean, we are all prisoners of the moment right now. We are all praising Derrick Henry. There are legitimate <laughs> sources and podcasts and shows that are asking, is Henry the greatest running back of all time? <laughs> no, he is not. And I would argue what we are feeling is not Henry being better than any other running back ever. I mean, go look at Tomlinson's stats uh, uh, before you start talking about this being the greatest run. No, no, no. But I would argue that Henry is the most underappreciated running back, great running back of all time. And we are feeling that pendulum. We are feeling our doubt <laughs> smacked back at us as we watch it. There was at no point was anyone like mm, Sanders, Barry Sanders isn't that good. Oh, wait, he is like, no, everyone knew he was great. Everyone knew Emmett Smith was great. Everyone knew Walter Payton was great. Everyone knew Marshall Falk was great. LaDainy Tomlinson. People have been doubting Derrick Henry, partly because of the juxtaposition with the passing era that we're in. But we are having this conversation, and Henry does deserve to be in it, especially, especially if he can go over 2,000 yards for a second time in a row. And even if he does it in the 17th game, I don't think it's going to matter. I think it's going to get washed out. It sure gets washed out when we talk about what he's on pace for. Never mind that we're projecting for 17 games and no other player has ever played 17 games in a regular season, but whatever. 2,000 yards is going to be a big deal back to back. But I do have to say, he's not on the best run of all time. I mean, he's Priest Holmes so far. Remember Priest Holmes? 2001 All-Pro. 2002, massive year with 21 touchdowns. 2003, an even more massive year with 27 touchdowns. All-Pro 2001, 21 touchdowns 2002, 27 touchdowns 2003, and then he started 2004 on the same pace. Eight games with 14 touchdowns. And then he got hurt. And who talks about Priest Holmes? It takes a lot more to be an all-time running back than you think. So Derrick Henry, no, he is not there yet. But sure got a chance to, to, take, to keep going with this season, put these three seasons together. It's going to, it's going to put him with a chance to do it with a chance to do it. And number one legacy on the line, non quarterback in 2021, looking forward to the, the next two thirds is Aaron Donald defensive tackle for the Rams. We talked about this in the preview as well. Donald six first team, all pro selections going on seven is a huge deal. It may seem boring or bored of Aaron Donald, but Ronnie Lott has six first-team All-Pros. Ray Lewis has seven. Lawrence Taylor, Bruce Smith, Reggie White, they have eight. Donald is already there. He's already there at six, probably going to do seven this year. He's playing amazing. First-team All-Pros are a huge deal for defensive individual accolades because we don't get all the, the accumulative stats. A few more All-Pros, maybe a fourth defense player of the year. Donald is taking this step. We're just too close to it. He's taking this step into Lawrence Taylor territory. He's taking the step into Reggie White, Bruce Smith territory. But also a Super Bowl. 
the reason he's number one. I maintain that Aaron Donald getting a Super Bowl this year will count as two Super Bowls because his win will make everyone look back at 2018, that Super Bowl run, look at how Aaron Donald and the Rams defense shut down Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, and everyone will remember that Jared Goff lost that game. And Donald will still get some sort of legacy credit for that Super Bowl if he wins a Super Bowl this year. It'll be kind of combined. You won't count it as just purely one. It'll be one point something. Legacy is a tricky thing. It's a fickle thing. But those are my thoughts. To review, top 10 legacies on the line. Watch them with me all year long. The two-thirds of the season where these legacies going to be. Emmanuel Sanders, uh, Buffalo receiver. New Orleans running back Alvin Kamara. The Dallas offensive line, Tyron Smith and Zach Martin. Kansas City, Travis Kelsey. The Buccaneer buddies, Rob Gronkowski and Antonio Brown. Number three, J.J. Watt, the Cardinals defense fan. Number two, Tennessee Titan running back, Derek Henry. And number one, Rams defensive tackle, Aaron Donald. All right, let's preview week seven. Talk about four games. Then we'll get out of here. We'll be back on Monday to review what happened in week seven. But I'm going to spoil seven games for you here. Just kidding. I don't know anything. I would... (laughs) I mean, I talked about this on the Monday show, and I talked about it here. I literally told the Ravens not to blitz Justin Herbert, and <laughs> they absolutely did, and it won them the game. <laughs> Don't make me a defensive coordinator. No, here we go. Kansas City at Tennessee, or what is being billed as the forward pass versus the handoff. <laughs> pass versus run. Mahomes, Pat Mahomes against a ravaged by injury, Tennessee Titans secondary versus running back Derrick Henry at his peak appreciation point against the worst statistical defense against the run in the league. Chiefs are struggling. Now, I don't really subscribe that the Chiefs are actually number 32 on a small sample size here because it's so weighted by who you have played, but this really is a a, a clash of different styles. Mahomes, Mahomes through the air, Henry on the ground. In reality, we know if you are great at passing, it's easier to run. And if you are great at running, it's easier to pass. So it can just mean this is the way you make your offense go, but it can come out. The result can be on both fronts. Um, we've seen, I don't know if the Titans will be able to do this because of all their injuries, but we have seen the keep it in front of you defense work against Mahomes lately. And, I mean, even work is sort of a, uh, you know, a, a flimsy term because it's, it's coming in the form of turnovers, not necessarily that Kansas City isn't sustaining drives toward the end zone every single time. Still amazing. They move the ball every time they get it. Defense is on their heels just seemingly every time with amazing consistency. But turnovers are happening. Turnovers are happening. And is that because of the in front of you? defense or is it coincidence and will there be natural regression and and some of those interceptions and fumbles go away be interesting to to see if tennessee can't do anything then kansas is going to run away with this game (laughs) because (laughs) if tennessee can't get any turnovers i mean then kansas is going to run away with this game but henry against the butter defense it'll be interesting to see what this was going to look like uh, Kansas City favored by five and a half on the road. I will take that. 
I'll take Kansas City to win and the points. I'm a little worried about Tyreek Hill's health, a little worried about uh, Travis Kelsey's health, but I got to believe they're just resting up and, and will be out there uh, uh, for the um, fourth win for the Kansas City Chiefs here. And the Tennessee Titans will bump down into a tie, four and three for both. All right, Cincinnati at Baltimore. Bengals looking good with an AFC North test. That Ravens blitz sure got a lot of Joe Burrow last year. Bengals offensive line needs to show something here. Uh, and maybe they will because there's there's receivers open and, and they are looking better. Uh, this really has the feel of a potential coming out party for Joe Burrow and for the Bengals. This game has that intrigue to announce themselves that they need to be taken seriously in 2021. They blew out the Lions, and now they're going to come into Baltimore, and they're going to play some real AFC North football. This will be a huge win for the Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow and go a long way towards, uh, towards justifying that first overall pick in 2020 for Joe Burrow. This early in his career, I, I, I truly believe that. Uh, and like I, like I have said, I give this whole year a free pass after Joe Burrow's entry last year. I just need to see, you know, competency. I don't need him to, to win the Super Bowl this year. I just need to see competency, and I'm a believer. So far, so good. Ravens, man, the injuries for the Ravens just keep piling up. They confirmed left tackle Ronnie Staley, uh, Stanley is out. Missing the season just sucks. At some point, Baltimore is going to feel these injuries. It's going to really cap their upside later in the year. Ravens are favored by six, six and a half at home. Ooh, I'm so close to picking Burrow and the Bengals to win outright, but I, I can't get my mind off Lamar Jackson and, the, and just the season he is having. Not his best game last week, but also they didn't need it to be. Uh, I think if they need him, he's going to do it. I mean, remember, Lamar Jackson can juke four Bengals at a time. Remember that spin move he put on uh, in 2019? He put on four Bengals defenders, spun out of them all. I'm going to take the Ravens to win, Bengals to cover that six and a half. Las Vegas Raiders and Philadelphia Eagles. Rematch of the 1980 Super Bowl. Jim Plunkett, Ron Jaworski. I think it was a blowout for the Raiders. It's interesting to me. Josh Jacobs, Derek Carr have both come out after the win and made comments that John Gruden was, you know, holding them back, basically. Feeling good on the sidelines, feeling relaxed. They could finally do the things they wanted to do. Carr is already at his most aggressive this season, and they upped their play action usage. Jacobs spoke about the just the team culture. They don't feel like they need to be pushed down and yelled at they feel you know a little bit little bit freer a little bit more modern you could say i love seeing these old school fiefdom i'm brilliant and you guys are my mules those coaches i love seeing them fall one by one it's done it's over get over yourselves and las vegas has a chance to show that they don't, people don't need that anymore. We don't need the tyrant head coach. We need the teacher head coach. We need the Sean McVay. We need the Brandon Staley. We need the teacher head coach. The players are smart. They know what's best for them, for their bodies, for, their, for what will make them successful. A coach's system 
and all this macho stuff is going away. But it's only been one week and only one win. And we have seen teams like the Raiders in the past do good the week after their coach gets fired or resigns. Uh, you know, the 2020 Falcons, they were 0-5. They won the game after Dan Quinn was fired. 2020 Texans, they hadn't won an in. They won one finally after Bill O'Brien was fired. Or the, the football team after Jay Gruden was fired. They finally won. But this is a little different. It is a little different. Those coaches were fired out of pure you know, incompetence. <laughs> That's not the case here. John Gruden was fired for emails and for, you know, just general, uh, public, uh, pressure seeing these things and they are horrifying and he should resign. I mean, it's a pattern of just abysmal behavior, but his resignation is not because of the football field. This team isn't a, isn't an and five team. So this week will be interesting. This week will be interesting to see if the Raiders are actually pivoting towards something that might be kind of a fun story. Might be kind of a fun story in the AFC West. The Eagles, meanwhile, are riding wild <laughs> competing narratives. Jalen Hurts is a fantasy superstar and an abysmal failure <laughs> as an NFL quarterback so far. <laughs> Shades of Blake Bortles, 2015. The mantra out of Philadelphia is get the ball to Miles Sanders. See if they can do that. Uh, Raiders favored by three. I will take them over the Eagles. I like this. I am rooting for this. Let's go Vegas. Last game, Indianapolis Colts at the San Francisco 49ers. This is the Sunday night football game. Carson Wentz, at least not looking like 2020 Carson Wentz. So, I mean, and lost in all that Lamar Jackson Monday night comeback stuff was that Carson Wentz did have 402 yards. And then they came out week six, walloped the Texans, got T.Y. Hilton back, hoping to get their linemen healthier. It really sucks for the Colts that the Titans won, because <laughs> otherwise they'd be only one back in the AFC South at, at, at two and four. Now they're two back, and they, they kind of need the Titans to lose. Needing wins now. This is a huge game for the Colts. You cannot go two and five. They've got to move to three and four. Uh, Jonathan Taylor. Also, fantasy superstar like Jalen Hurts, unlike Jalen Hurts in the game before, uh, Jonathan Taylor is also playing well in real football. They're doing a good job utilizing him, and they're not being as cute uh, with the other running backs. They're, they're getting Jonathan Taylor in the rhythm. For the 49ers, we got Jimmy Garoppolo back, back under center. Trey Lance got banged up. I, I, I really can't follow this exactly, but... It feels like now Lance is hurt, <laughs> uh, rather it's making the decision for Kyle Shanahan. Jimmy G got week five off while Trey Lance played, and then week six off because of the bye. Uh, that's given him time to be in the backyard patting the ball with indecision, <laughs> and eventually throws it abysmally late as the dawn crows. Um, 49ers are on a three-game losing streak. NFC West, tough place with the Rams and the Cardinals there. Uh, this is an underrated Sunday night football matchup. The teams aren't riding success, the Colts or the 49ers, but they both really need a win here at this point to start the second trilogy trimester, you know, just start the, the second part of three, whatever that is. They need a win. 49ers favored by four at home. I have no faith in Jimmy Garoppolo, especially Jimmy Garoppolo playing through an injury. I'm going to take the desperate Colts here to upset 
the 49ers outright. And I'm going to call this a DeForest Buckner revenge game. Colts interior lineman. He was a major part of the 2019 49ers Super Bowl defensive line unit. Really brought them to that, that Super Bowl. I think Buckner makes some big plays this Sunday Night Football. And the Colts win. Other revenge games to look out for this week. Goff versus the Rams. DeAndre Hopkins versus the Texans. I guess you could say Stafford versus Detroit, but that was a pretty amicable split. Not a lot of acrimony there. Going to be a good week seven. Follow us at MUK underscore football on Twitter. Subscribe, share, review on Apple, Spotify, Anchor, wherever you get your podcast. My name is Miles, and we will see you on Monday. Thank <laughs> you.